welcome back to episode of Crew 3 Podcast, sponsored by Wonder Sports and Patreon. It's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Check in the bucket to get us your name on all of our videos and streams. $5 to get you a piece of monthly exclusive content, which of course for January's that just went up over the weekend, was our deciding discussion, all three of us together in a room for once, so that was really cool, on how we picked our Kaldheim Top 10 Cards for Pioneer. And of course, $50... Domestic $20 International will get you the monthly swag bag mailing, which I still need to pick the cards for that. But I'm sure I'm going to pick something nice and spicy. And hey, maybe you might get a swag bag that includes one of the cards that Ricky got pied over. So that's going to be fun. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? And I, of course, am Ruckman. All right, boys. Last week, we didn't have much of a stream schedule because we streamed for... Darn near 12 hours, I think 10 hours total, but like a 12-hour time span. A lot of Kaldheim early access. Do we want to start there before we take a dive into what's going on in the world of Pioneer post-Kaldheim? Yeah, that was um, an interesting event. I think um, Watsy's got their hands full with with COVID that was kind of thrown together last minute. We didn't have a lot, of, a lot of time to promote it, but it seems like numbers were okay. Like magic numbers on Twitch are just down overall. They're they're mm-hmm. they're not very good. But for that particular um, day, they were better than what you see for pro tours and stuff like that. So definitely more visibility than they typically get. Well, I mean, you want to talk about uh, bad, bad promoting? I mean, how how often do you know when the pro tour is anymore? Yeah, there's a I, pro I tour. Suppose, I suppose that's the uh, thing. There's no such Sorry, thing. Yeah, what's, mythic, what's mythic championships? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the decks were fun. Like, I really can't. Uh, I, I mean, this is one of my favorite sets in recent memory. It really is. Like, if it was not for the fact that we've had just some really, really insane power level sets, I think this set would really shine. And I think it again shines. I talked a little bit about. I think on our exclusive content how I like this set because I like that it's got different angles. It's got a lot of things that interact with rules. You know, mm-hmm. shapeshifters and and getting cards that are sideboards, right? Like zones that are typically supposed to be you know, what they are for a reason or creature types or whatever else that this kind of goes outside of to kind of make some fun interactions that I think, you know, is going to be fun. I don't think it's super unhealthy, at least right now. And they're not to the power level where at least like they're affecting a lot of the formats um, too bad anyway. So mm-hmm. for sure. Ricky, what do you what do you think? What was your uh, overall reaction to Wednesday's big stream? I had a lot of fun. Yeah, they're always fun, right? <clears throat> we just did a lot of, uh, played a lot of Magic. My head hurt at the end. It didn't at all. I can play Magic all day. It doesn't hurt my head. But uh, it was definitely a lot of thinking. I was ready to pass out on the couch as soon as we finished the stream. So <laughs> Definitely so. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, good, to, good to see other people. You know, that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, know, we, right? almost, we almost played Paper Magic cards, which is sort of crazy, too. Uh, we're almost. close enough, too. Right. I don't know. I just had a lot of fun. Uh, I always enjoy brewing for these sets and stuff like that. Ricky, you you knocked out of the park this time with the decks, though, man. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, unfortunately, my my real magnum opus got saved for uh, inspiration when I sat back down at home. But, you know, oh, well. I I wish we could have memed hard. Uh, do you want to say what that deck is? Because you streamed, obviously, and we're going to work on a Pioneer variant for it. Oh, yeah. We played uh, Tribal Runes in Standard. Uh, and in Historic a little bit, essentially any cost reduction of auras plus the new Rune card, the uh, Runeforge Champion, allows you to play the Rune enchantments for free, and they all draw a card. So I like free and drawing cards. Mm-hmm. And so you often just spin your wheels and do a whole lot of nothing, but then you just draw 
like a million cards and you've got 12 auras on your board and they all that glitters just wins the game. So And then and then as pointed out by a friend of the show, Ed, Bergy might be the new tech for the deck. Yeah, Bergy actually allows you to generate mana, but red mana. We have to find a use for that red mana. But at least we generate mana. I don't know what we do afterwards, but we can make mana. Well, I think Bergy is interesting because if we don't have a mana reducer, right, like each room will still replace itself. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and then and if, like, we, if, we, if we have the mana reducer, then we're just gaining mana. Exactly. And also the back half of Bergy means that our dead draws while comboing out uh, can still become more runes. Like now we, yeah. can actually, we can actually get to the Thassa's Oracle wins. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, anything else? I mean, obviously, if you guys want to talk more Arena for a few months, we definitely can. Um, this week, we're not going to really do the metagame breakdown. Percentage-wise, we are going to take a look at the challenge results because, hey, Calheim cards are already showing up. But I'm going to give the format another week or two before we really do the full meta percentage breakdown again, uh, just to give it some time to settle and things like that. And then we've this is the Deck Week episode, so we've each got our own deck lists. And then as a sort of a deck swap with the people with, uh, with Kevin and Ryan over at the First Pioneers, we have, they sent us a couple deck lists. We sent them some, so be sure to check out their episode of the show that came out this Monday, if you listen to that, when this podcast came out. We're sort of, they have about four decks from us at the, about the last 20 minutes of their episode, so be sure to check those deck lists out that we sent to them, because we're definitely not going to talk about them here. So anyway, gentlemen, any, anything else before we, before we head in, just look at these challenges, the leagues, just see what's popping up, and then move into our own deck lists? I uh, I played a fun game in my head yesterday. Um, do you guys ever play the game? Typically, you know, with the parental figure at some point, uh, explain it to Benjamin Franklin. Never. The, the I've not... I've done rubber ducky coating before. Sure, rubber ducky coating. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same concept. For those of you that don't have uh, Benjamin Franklin as as your uh, you know I don't know great inventor for your country, uh, replace it with whatever great inventor for your country. And the idea is that you explain to somebody from a long long time ago something from today because obviously technology is so amazing. And so I decided to do that with the arena economy, uh, and my head exploded because uh, I, I was trying to just be like you know if I'm trying to get a new friend into magic and like arena is the thing for that. How, how do I make it seem like this is a fun and like playable game? Um, because obviously, you know, we're here because we love magic. You can talk to people who are diehard magic fans. Ricky's one of them, right? Like Bray's magic, never going to stop playing magic. Mark Rosewater can spit in his face. He's still going to play magic. You know, it, it's a great game, right? Again, I think you could argue it's the best game, especially one of the best tabletop games that's ever been made. But the arena economy just leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, when you talk about how much money you have to give to build a deck that you want, it's insane, and I get the feeling that Benjamin Franklin would have looked at me like a traitor, uh, as as he was a, a capitalist to say, "You gave how much money for things that you don't own?" You know what I'm saying? It was uh, it was just another insight to be like, "Wow, like this this needs some change," especially when compared to the the dust system of uh, Hearthstone and and whatnot. But on a positive note, since that was just kind of a funny complaining story that I had, I am super proud of our Discord. Our Discord, I think, has really knocked it out of the park with lists and playing those lists and tuning those lists and having a lot of fun with them and so uh just i want them to know that i've seen those lists you put up i've seen the results i love it when they talk about them it's really really exciting to see also i do want to point out speaking of paying money for things uh um and being proud of the discord uh, I have stickied in our Pioneer tab now uh one of our users kevman have has taken it upon themselves to just make a living google doc and just 
budget deck builds, like sort of servo tokens contributing, some of the other people on the Discord are contributing. Obviously, I think budget, I think servo token, but Kevman is doing a wonderful job and really breaking down and just compiling just all kinds of various budget deck builds for Pioneer just to, hey, people join in the format, people join the Discord for the first time, looking to join us for the, the webcam events at their locals. You know, you can point and hey, here's the whole list of all kinds of budget deck lists. So big shots to Kevman and everyone else who's been helping contribute to that list. That's, uh, I think it'd be a really good thing for our community going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad to see the organization come forward. It's almost like the Discord is its own little civilization where we're now learning to, to record things, right? Like, we're writing them down. Yeah. Like, hey, look, everybody has these good thoughts. And, like, it's kind of come to that point where people are, you know, joining in or people are just bringing up things. And it's like, oh, we actually talked about that a month or two ago. And so, like, having something there that's going to be like, oh, look, we can go back and reference this. You know, that's it's a lot of times you get some really deep discussion. Now, unfortunately, I only get one pin. I only get one pin per page. So we got to be real that's selective. Okay. But, right, uh, that's okay. But I think that's a good one to leave pinned up there. Sure, fair enough. So we could we could have for all kinds of topics. So very excited for them again. If you're not part of our Discord, I know you know it's it's tough to find a uh, you know active pioneer these days. So to have other people who enjoy that format and many others, right? I think you know what I've loved to seeing people that just say I like pioneer, but I also look at the formats as well. Just people to talk with to to discuss a deck list you might have. Definitely go join it again. There's no fee or cost. It's just a Discord we have. Ricky, Ricky, we, yeah, we Ricky, Ricky left me a commander deck list, so I guess I have to start partaking in webcam commander with the discord at some point there you go there you go that'll be awesome yeah I, i've i have my new year's resolution was do some more uh a discord you know events as far as like just playing arena with people because whenever i go in there and hang out like people do show up and have fun so i definitely yep. want to start doing that a little more often as time allows so for sure all right so like i said next couple weeks we're going to be skipping the metagame percentage breakdown just because you know we want to talk more about new cards and things like that right right yeah the meta is still so, shaking out so it's still like either the same thing or just going to figure itself out. So I'm just going to run through the challenges real quick. I'll, I'll point out any new cards that show up in the top eights. Um, I've highlighted a couple interesting decks. Uh, one or two not focused, really using new cards, but just some uh, just new to the format type of strategies, right? Um, so let's begin with the 130 challenge. Starting with our top eight, in at number eight, we have Buka. With oops, all spells, no surprise, no new cards there. It's going to gonna really take a lot to really crack into a deck like oops, all spells with new cards. In at number seven, we have Dreams of Ashiok with mono, mono green Planeswalkers featuring brand new to Pioneer three times Vorinclex. Hey, Ricky, how, how high was our, uh, our our Phyrexia defeated count? Seven. That's right. We Ricky and I, at, after a certain point, just started counting how many times we've eaten Vornclex before anything happened. And then, unfortunately, the stream ended coincidentally when we lost to a Vornclex. So I think that was pretty uh, pretty apt. Right. I think that Frexy uh, always wins at the end. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have planned it better. All right. In at number six, we have Triosk with Rak- with some uh, Rakdos Arcanist, Rakdos Lurus, or if we want to call it now, Rakdos Valky, of course, featuring two of Valky, God of Lies, with that Tybalt Cosmic Impostor on the other side. Other new cards include Better Art Village Rights and the the much heralded that we're going to say Blight Step Pathway. I mean, this card's going to open so many doors, right? Oh, yeah. This was like Rakdos mana is so bad, it's like a, a joke. Mm-hmm. And this at really number helped. five, we have. Zuxa or XUXA with mono black aggro. Let me scan here. Any new cards? Doesn't look like it. All right. In at number four, four color Omnath 
with uh, no new cards. In at number three, we have Juju Bean 2004 with Team Wreck featuring no new cards. In second place, we have Featherless Feather with scanning, 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 no new cards. In, in at first place, we have Claudio with Niv to Light playing two Valky God of Lies, mm-hmm. which no surprise there. I think Valky is going to be a heavily played card. A heavily played card, huh? Yeah. Look, and when I'm while I'm currently editing our top eight, our top ten list, I definitely think that Valky could be up a couple more slots. The more I think about uh-huh. it, it's like somebody who put Valky at number one might have been uh, onto something. I don't know if it's still, like, number one, but I definitely feel like we could have been at number four or five now. Also, a little disappointed that this Niv-Mizzet list doesn't have a world treak. I mean, come on. I checked all of them. None of them have it. Aw. But I will point out, this Niv-Mizzet list did throw their basics in the garbage like we've we've suggested. Mm -hmm. Snow basics. Why not? Yep. The other ones haven't. They did. So, uh, Claudio's thinking ahead. Right. All right. Uh, I didn't really go through the rest of this because I know we have our some of our own deck list to go through, and I didn't really pick out anything else that really picked me up as Canister exciting. One. Well, I'm, I'm coming to the next one. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to the... Okay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Uh, starting with the 31st, we have in 10th place, we have Four Color Omnath featuring no new cards. In 7th place, we have... Missouri Spirit featuring no new cards. What's that new art on Empyrean Eagle? Where's that from? What's up? Where's that new Empyrean Eagle art? Um, That looks like some sort of alt art Zendikar thing. Oh, is that um, a commander deck? Maybe. It looks cool. Oh, that might be the new commander deck from the the Spirit Fertel guy. Ah, I see. That's good art, though. In sixth place, Sultai Rek playing no new cards. Oh, actually, are they playing the new pathway? They're not. Okay. In fifth place, we have Gobert playing Modern Green Planeswalkers. Uh, Where are the Planeswalkers at? Goldfish? Go home. You're drunk. Uh, Because, yeah, this is is Modern Green Stompy. I don't know why we're saying we're playing Planeswalkers here. The blue-black pathway is the new one, right? Uh, Yeah. No. Is it? Oh, it's new, but this, this person is playing two snakeskin veil on their board. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This one guy has the pathway. The pathways don't count, I don't think. Blue black pathway was in Zendikar. Yeah, blue black blue, blue black one was before. Oh, interesting. Uh, Snakeskin Veil is new. Okay, so we all right. Sorry, we do have two new cards, sideboard cards. All right. Um, surprise here, no old growth troll though. Yeah, I think I think I'm not as concerned about the the new cards just just yet. Like, um, I don't sure, think they put old growth troll in because I think they're still reading old growth troll. <laughs> I am. I'm still yeah. reading that card. Yeah. What, cha- yeah. what chapter of Old Growth Troll are you on? Man, I made it to chapter 7 last night, and I'm liking where it's going. I really hope it, it closes out nicely in the end here. Okay, all right. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll just we'll just skip. I'll just keep going then. All right, uh, fourth place, Hamuda with Featherless Feather again. Third place, a new to the format, kind of returning to the format. We have Jess Guy in Soul by Sheffin. Uh, what do we got here? So we got one Lurse of the Dream Den, one Hangerback Walker, four Ornithopter, Four Stone Coil Serpent, four Gingerbrute, two Hope of Gear Purr, four Toolcraft Exemplar, one Kermish's Blessing, four Shrapnel Blast, four Ghost Fireblade, four Springleaf Drum, four All That Glitters, four Insole Artifact. So were the 
the kind of the blue white take of Insole, but we're splashing red for the Shrapnel Blast, which I like. I like Shrapnel Blast a lot. I think if you're going to lose anything from the red, it's going to be that Shrapnel Blast. So I think bringing that back in with this when it's so easy to to splash off of Spires and Mana Confluence, I think it's a good choice. Ginger Brute is a name I have not heard in a long time. Yeah. I, I like Shrapnel Blast because Shrapnel Blast is what gives this deck reach. Just, you know, it's it's typically, you know, you draw two of them and the game's pretty much over. Like, it's pretty easy to do 10. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. are doing damage to themselves. So you have to do surprisingly little damage. Obviously, I played a lot of Insole when the format uh, kind of came out. That was my back and forth between that and Phoenix just to alternate decks. So, you know, something that I'm very familiar with. I like the white. I think, you know, the addition to all the glitters is uh, a really good one. And, you know. Toolcraft Exemplar is also a very good one drop for the deck. Mm-hmm. It definitely is, but I'm glad they found a way to keep Shrapnel Blast just because that does give you a lot of reach uh, against decks that really have a great control plan, and obviously there's a lot of Uros running around. So, mm-hmm. Alright, in second place we have Monoret, and in first place we have Canister, who of course you might remember as being one of the big originators of Demir Inverter, winning with Niftolite, once again featuring Valky, but playing non-Snow Basics. I mean, you know, Redain is a card. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Are we worried about Redain? No, I'm not worried about Redain. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm worried, I'm, I'm worried about Redain if I'm playing the Death Touch deck, because yep. that shield. The shield just stopped him. Oh, man. Valky, though. Valky. Look at him. He's out here. He's out He's here. Valky's out here. He lying doesn't get people. To- doesn't get to count as a red-black card, though, when we flip Niv-Mizzet, right? No. If the no. front side's Valky, yeah. Yeah. But still, good card. Take uh-huh. an Oro. All right. Since I can still edit it, you've convinced me. I'll put Valky at four. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, Ricky. You got lucky. The video's not on YouTube yet, and I took the weekend off for my birthday. I-, I would like to also say that while Kaldheim is a very cool set... It's not as like strictly straightforward, obviously powerful as other sets have been recently. Right. Uh, uh, Eldraine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, also it's way more complicated than any other set I've also ever seen. Yeah. So I think people yeah. are still literally reading the cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that was a joke, but like I no. still don't know what Cosmia does on the backside. Well, you don't have to. You don't care about the backside. I I barely I thought- understand what they do on the front side. I thought Cosima is the Omen Keel on the backside. Yeah, she's like fixed looter scooter on the back. Yeah, but like yeah. Uh, they lowered your vehicles to be able to hit your opponent, and then you get their lance, uh-huh. I think. And then they exile with voyage counters on landfall, but landfall also brings them back. Yeah, they they only exile at the beginning of your upkeep. Like I'm, I know you're memeing, but it's like I've played with that card because I acted, like I drafted it twice actually, and I messed up that card several times. <laughs> right. I really did. The like, first time it came, I'm just like, yes, do this. And one time I was like, no, I don't want that. And then it brought it back, and I was like, oh crap, I needed to say yes. <laughs> like right. it was it was just it was weird the the wording on it when you click it in arena. No, I feel you. The first time I saw it, I I watched my opponent exile it and then bring it right back, and I was like, yeah. oh man. Uh, read your cards, opponent. Then it, I did it, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah, it's, it's who's not just dumb that. now?" Yeah, yeah. The the take action, the way they've worded that, is definitely like makes it makes it just a little bit confusing. Where if you're just trying to kind of get through it quickly and you don't stop, you you might misclick it, not understanding what does what for sure. But I, I'm with you. Like I said, I think the set is very complex, and I'm really excited for it. But I do think it's going to take some time for it to to make its impact if it's going to have one. 
All right, real quick, I do want to point out some league deck lists. Um, on the 128 league, we have Chase 001111 with just Nyazoo. Of course, this is before the set officially launched, but uh, if you want a true to form zoo list, we got Experiment Ones, Kithions, Pelt Collectors, Bird Shirt Series, Rival the Rich, Voice of Resurgence, Voltaic, Brawler, Bone Crusher, Giant, Reckless Bushwhacker, Gorklite Rampager, and Four Boros Charms. So if you just wanted to play a bunch of Naya creatures, just go face. This there one's you for you. Heck yeah. And so now we have the one, or the, sorry, uh, the 201 League for some uh, decks featuring new cards. Um, one of the decks I do want to point out is by Mog, not featuring new cards, but hey, they're coming back with the uh, Mono Green Eldrazi list now playing. Umori the Collector in the deck list. I call I this pretty the, good. Uh, I call this the Joey Wheeler special. The because, Joey Wheeler special. Yeah, because it's just it's thirty creatures and thirty lands. Just just hard hitting monsters over here. Sorry, that was my <laughs> best Joey Wheeler. Uh, then at with Hamburger Jund, we have a take on elves featuring four elf Elvish Warmaster and one Realm Walker. Of course, Elvish Warmaster card I am very high on. Also for Dark Boar Pathways. Uh, they're on Elvish Mystic, Narut Trapper, Lenor Elves. I'm not a big fan of Narut Trapper, but I'm definitely high on that pick of four Elvish Warmasters. For then we have God Campbell on just down and dirty blue white control. We called it for Doom Scar, for Behold the Multiverse, for Sot coming. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. I'm actually amazed Sot coming is seen play. I I undervalued that card. It gets really annoying when it's just like they foretell it. And then you see it sitting there and you're like, oh, that's a Doom Scar. Let's play this Planeswalker. And then it's two mana counterspell and you just get got. Right. I don't know. It feels like it's a four mana counterspell, but it's actually a two mana counterspell. Man, there's some tech in this deck list that also we haven't seen since Inverter Days, which is two copies of Horribly Awry for the Mystical Dispute matchups. Mm-hmm. Horribly Awry is an insane card. Yeah. And then lastly, I want to point out Fast Fake with... Uh, Four color fires here. Uh, what's the fourth color, you might ask? Well, we're playing green for four Asika's Chariot. Yeah, I saw that. Who get, uh, who would have called this one, huh? Get, also, four Raven's Warning. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Raven's Warning, a card I definitely undersold. I think it's if it's getting five votes, it's probably worth looking at again. Well, the Chariot is good because uh, it's a Transmogify deck, and we need a way to play creatures without playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. just makes kitties. <laughs> yep, yep. It can also just sort of get out of hand on its own if you leave it there. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the the Vanga bus keeps rolling. All right, any other deck lists before we start talking about our own? I know Ricky might have to dip here in a few minutes, so we'll definitely start with his deck list. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, the only thing I want to say before we leave this, right? We're talking okay. about this chariot. Yeah. Please. This is a PSA. Guys... I'm here to talk to you about a serious issue that's plaguing our society today. And it's called Give Ruckman All Your Foil Copies of a Seeker's Chariot. If you go to combat and you have a vehicle and your opponent has an icy manipulator, just go to combat. Don't crew your vehicle pre-combat. If you go to combat and in Declare Attackers, I use my icy manipulator, you can then crew vehicle in response and attack with it. But if you crew your vehicle first, you'll have all your creatures tapped. And you'll have a vehicle tapped when I tap it in response. This is the more you know for your health. But also, yes, give Ruckman all your foil copies. Yes, also give Ruckman all your foil copies. Thank you. All right, we can move on to... to... All right, our deck list, because we'll we'll do ours, and then we'll head into the first Pioneer's deck list. All right, Ricky, what do you got for us? 
I got elves. You got elves. I decided to do elves because uh, there was lots of talk about uh, my poor valuation of elf cards. <laughs> so yeah, look I at the decklist, decided... and I see a two next to a card that should be definitely a four. You see a lot of numbers here. Um, the numbers my, don't lie. My elf deck here is four Lenore Elf, four Elvish Mystic. That's a tried and true classic right there. Right. Eight mm-hmm. Mana Dorks. We got Certified Hood. Four Dwinnins Elite. Very good card. Uh, four Elvish Clan Caller. Of course, a Lord. And for six mana, we can go get another one. Uh, two Elvish Warmaster. A very good card. It has an overrun-ish ability on it. It also gives us more tokens as we play more elves. Um, I'm sorry, how, how many how many copies? Two. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Right, so it's a two drop first off, and like we've got all these mana dorks. I mean, two drops are nice, but we'd like to get straight to threes. Uh, also, the card sort of doesn't replace itself really when it gets wiped. Elves are going to get wiped all the time. That's like their, their thing. Mm-hmm. They make lots okay. of mana. They make lots of mana, they build a really big board, and before you get to do anything with it, you get Doomscarred or Wrath. That's just classic elves or Pyroclasm. Sure. It's how it's always been since the beginning of time. Right. If there was an elf player, there was somebody with four Pyroclasms in their sideboard ready to play an elf player. I was probably the person with Pyroclasms in the sideboard, I'll just say that. Anyways, moving on, we get Harold, King of Skemfar, who for three mana is a 3-2 Menace Body, which is not bad. Uh, when he comes into play, we look at the top six cards, and we get to pick any elf or warrior card, or uh, the elf planeswalker whose name I've forgotten because he's not spectacular. Tevlar Kel or something like that. Tevlar Kel. Oh, Tevlar Kel, okay. the planeswalker. Yeah. Teflon Pan. Yes, exactly. You get to find a Teflon Pan or yeah. another elf or warrior. Um, very good card. Very good body, and it gets you another elf six deep, which is good because we're wanting to win with Shaman of the Pack. Which is of course a four of three mana, and it drains our or it does damage to our opponent equal to number of elves we control on ETB. Uh, two Lenore Visionary for more mana creatures because we've got lots of mana outlets in the deck. Two Realm Walker, which is a very good way to extend our uh, game by playing elves at the top of our deck. Uh, two Skemfar Avenger, which lets us rebuild after Wrath with a handful of cards. Four Collected Company and four Lead the Stampede with twenty-two lands, two of them being Mutable, and I think this is a good deck. Now, <laughs> we've had the argument on Elvish Warmaster versus Herald and Scumfire Avenger. Right. And I'm not going to get back into this because I don't want to retread exclusive content to the Patreon. Sure, okay. sure. Uh, but you can definitely hear me and Ricky argue about these cards for a good several minutes uh, on the Patreon. And hear us argue about elf cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though none of us are not super tied to elves. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I know Ricky's a competent deck builder. I... I still think we should be on the four Elvish Warmaster, uh, but essentially I see an elf list that I mostly made as well. So uh, I, it, the more I critique this deck list, I'm also critiquing myself. Ricky knows I can't also negatively critique myself at the same time. That's like double jeopardy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I put six forest, but I'm thinking about it now, and it should be four forest and two Agadine. Okay. Yeah. Two Agadine. Yeah. Because yeah. Agadine like is pretty dope with like just hits a one, two, three. I, I like think. That. I think this list, again, hits a fun spot where uh, I think kind of all of our lists fit where you kind of have something that's a little bit off the beaten path, but it's still reasonably competitive. Well, I feel like I feel like our deck list video, our deck list podcasts are definitely like trying to showcase more cards than they are just trying to win a challenge. 
Look, well, I've for got sure. lots of ideas about Soul Tie Reclamation if you want to hear them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, like when I did Enigmatic Incarnation, right, I knew that list was not going to be super good. You know, I thought it might be okay. I was wrong, but maybe it was. Like, we didn't we wouldn't play with it a whole lot. Obviously, there was, like, inverters and things going on around that time. But the point was, that was a list that was pure fun because I thought, like, the shenanigans level was high. I think there's some shenanigans levels definitely to be had with this set. But again, you're spend, I'm spending so long reading the cards, it's really hard to piece it together. The jigsaw puzzle's not coming together in my head. We so haven't I, even tried a Tybalt's Trickery deck list yet. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And so I think these lists are going to be, you know, something that, it's fine. I'm just saying it's a different take for me where this is going to be a list like, you know, I think Ricky's list also one that uh, more competitive in nature. All of our lists are really, but just saying that I think these are lists that I really would pay attention to as far as a starting point for your own brew. Um, because again, like we saw elves is it put up a five Oh, and I think it's a fun deck. A lot of people obviously love elves. It's got a token theme with Agadim. You know, when you when you combine elves with black, you obviously get the Agadim. You get some ways to bring elves back. So I really like the list that Ricky put together. And I think it's got a, a good chance of winning you some games. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I, I am happy that Ricky made the elves deck because that freed me to do a different deck. Let's hear it. Uh, Ricky, I don't see it. Ricky, you got more comments. Uh, I think this deck is like solid. Solid FNM strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's where Elves is going to end up post this set. I'm hoping we get, like, another good push with Forgotten Realms. I don't think that Elves is outside the realm of winning challenges at all. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to work on the numbers a little more. Of course, like, I used to just, like, hit up, like, three Pioneer Nights a week. Yeah. Uh, back mm-hmm. pre-COVID, I would just, like, go at least to two Pioneer Nights a week and then, like, play with my buddy, like, uh, at wherever don't the night yeah though like it's it's hard to talk about that because like like that's like revived magic at my local game store i had kind of recently moved to the area and they went from not firing fnms not firing magic events to 20 to 30 people a week you know right which was huge just for pioneer because it was so fun to play exactly so i believe pioneer was like definitely the best like pseudo like I i hate to say pseudo competitive but like like you go to like a a FNM for Pioneer, and you saw so many decks, and they yep. were all like pretty close to viable. Yep. Like when you go to a GP for Pioneer, yes, there's going to be the top decks, there's going to be the Oro decks and stuff like that, but there's going to be decks that make day two that are going to be like a little off the beaten path, and they're just going to be good. It's What's not going to be like, huh? I What's know. a GP? A GP is a event where people cast Oko. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, a GP is an event that happens at a Magic Fest. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. But uh, either way, what I'm saying is, like, I think that a lot of decks in Pioneer are GP caliber. Sure. They're not getting you all the way to the top eight of the GP, maybe, but you're definitely making day two, maybe making some cash. Like, the the power level disparity between the top decks and the tier two decks in Pioneer doesn't feel as heavy as it feels, like, in Modern. Where, like, if you just weren't playing, like, Urza Snow... Like you just weren't playing modern, or if you yeah, weren't playing, I, you can play any Euro deck you want in Pioneer, and I think that gives you a lot of uh, a lot of potential. So, I just I think that Pioneer is a great format. That's what I'm saying. In no, I hear decks you. I like hear. this, when we do these deck things, you know, we're not saying like this is the most competitive deck. Run out and buy all these cards or anything like that. We're telling you like these decks have not been as tested as they should be for a competitive event. But if you were to play this weekly at your FNM, you would probably be going home with a promo pack every week. Well, I mean, this time you might be I'm saying that, but, but yeah, that's, that's I, I, I'm saying my deck is the best thing to ever hit the pioneer tables. Sure. Um, and you're going to, you're going to take home every prize that you want. Because you I'm gonna, bringing some, 
I'm bringing some real hotness today. You're going to win the GP brought to you by Magic Fest, sponsored by uh, Channel Fireball? Yes. Nice. All right. Let's hear it then. All right. All right. So I'm bringing I've – been, I've been deep in the mountains. I have mm-hmm. been meditating, breaking all sorts of rocks, lifting heavy things, and just reaching my inner giant. Okay. And I've been – I've got deck lists for every variant of the giant, right? I sent first pioneers a teamer giants list. I've got this Giants list. I've got a Giants list I'll probably be playing on Saturday for the webcam event. I've got Giant lists everywhere. We're, we're trying all the variants because I think after the full spoilers came out, Giants turned into my Kaldheim tribe that I'm championing. And this week on this podcast, I'm talking about Rakdos Giants. Rakdos Giants, huh? I'm here yep. for you. I'm starting with four Stitches Supplier. I'm just, and then we have four Crocs at Titan Death's Hunger, Elder Is and Giant. giant? It's a giant. Mm, it's an elder. Four, it's the oldest giant. Yeah. For Meyer Triton, two Valk. Uh, not a giant. <laughs> Merfolk. Yeah. Two Valky God of Lies, which will make a giant when we take our opponent's Uro. I was going to say it becomes a giant, right? It does become a giant. Four Bone Crusher Giant, two Calamity Bearer, and then four Quake Bringer. Because we got these Stitcher Suppliers, we've got these Meyer Tritons fueling our graveyard. To not only flip Croxa, but we're flipping Quakebringers, and we're just going to be dealing so much damage to our opponent's face. Man, that's six off of Croxa. Uh, oh, it's, man, I really wish this was a tribal instant stop, but, you know, hey, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, dude, if, if if Stomp Giant was a tribal instant, God. Yep. And then for, for a spells packed, you're playing two Blood Chiefs Thirst, two Fatal Push, one Lightning Axe to give us another removal spell that we could pitch one of these quake bringers too because that's the big thing is getting the quake bring out of our hands into the yard uh, we can cast we can foretell it four thought sees two collective brutality again just to discard some of these cards into our yard and then two shadow soul smashing the rest of the lands i am playing two blight step pathway again gonna be a pioneer all-star four blood crypt two castle Lockwain, two dragon skull summit three field passage three mountain five swamp i'm gonna keep it 100 with you guys right now okay you know, sometimes I keep it 50, 25. Right now I'm keeping it yeah. 100. Uh-huh. I did not think about the fact that if you have multiple Quake Bringers in the graveyard, they're triggering. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, this one thing is kind of cool. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we just get to deal with oh, yeah. our opponent if they're in the graveyard and we control a giant. Uh, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking what I'm seeing. And then, and then if we have the Calamity, Calamity Bearer, Bearer in play. They take four right. for each one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The damage here definitely stacks up. I really, I really like what we're doing here. I like dealing six potentially with Croxa. Uh, Croxa is so much worse than, than Uro. It's so good, but just you look at the choices, right? Like it's always rough when your opponent gets the choice of whether or not they're going to take three or not. What are you talking about? They don't get a choice. You know, oppo- opponent Uro draws a card. They gain three life. Croxa, they discard a card. They lose three life. It's the same. <laughs> Except they don't always but, take but it. But Croxa, Croxa doesn't also have a stone rain stapled onto it. Right. True. That would be true. Good. Exactly right. I feel like if we did that, we could uh, fight the Uro decks finally. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. So it's really Croxa's fault is what you're saying. Yeah. Croxa Crox wasn't good enough. Croxa is the one who needs to get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, what do you what do you guys think of the spice I'm bringing? Yeah, I like, I the like spice. it. Um, the Meyer Triton is very good. Uh, like Valky, Valky's a good card. Valky's a very good card. Look, yeah, I've already agreed to raise it on the list, Ricky. <laughs> you you don't got to keep hammering at home. <laughs> uh, no, but I do think I need to keep bringing the quake. So, 
Yeah, dude. I'm so. I, I opened a Quakebringer in my box and I was like, it's a sign. I'm on the right path of Did life. Did you get the full art one? No, but I ordered four of them on. So they're going to show up uh, when they ship in Card Kingdom. So somebody passed me a Quakebringer in a draft. What? Yeah, it was like pack two. That it was like pick I don't three. care. That's uh, we're taking those. I mean, we did. Yeah, I did open a full. I did open the full art Valky though. Oh yeah, that's a dope one. Uh, yeah. Which full art? There's two full arts of Valky. It's, I I opened the good one because I don't. I think Valky is like one of the worst showcases. Oh, you don't like the uh, the Joker Tybalt on the back? I don't think it's Joker. I think it's like something worse art. It's not a Joker Tybalt. That's definitely worse art than a Joker. It's like. It's like very much just like a random guy in a hoodie. Yeah, I just I yeah I think the the good floor Valky when it's not the showcase is very is such great art. Right. What do you think about Culligan's command over Collector Brutality? I get I get we're trying to discard a card maybe, but like, so I think Culligan's, we get Culligan's command was one of the last cards I cut, and yeah. it was just because we don't want extra Quakebringer stranded in our hand. Sure. Sure. I mean, I like that card has foretell, which is kind of surprising to me because that that makes it uh, extra good in my opinion. Yeah, you kind of forget about that, but it yeah. is there. But also, I don't know. Like, I think if we're playing the collector brutality, like I, like I said, I definitely thought about Colgan's command. It was yeah. one of the cards. Like, we didn't we, we didn't make sideboards for these deck lists. It's definitely in the sideboard of this deck list for sure. No, that's fair. I, I don't think there's anything that I would necessarily obviously change from just looking at it. Obviously, you, you hit the cards that I would have definitely thought of. That was my only thought was like, well, maybe that over the Collective Brutality. Just because, again, Collective Brutality is one of those cards that like you're not always the most excited when you cast it. It can do stuff, but it may not have enough impact. But it's only a two of, and maybe it is good, right? Like, again, especially depending on how many cards you're trying to discard or get rid of or whatever, it might be one of those things where it's it's. I think with so, I think there's enough decks that are I think between like the rec decks running around and then all the aggressive decks, you're always gonna hit something with collective brutality. Have you ever cast brutality against a mono red player? And hit all did done all three modes? I mean like you just kill a monastery swift spear, take a wizard's lightning from their hand, and then gain two life? I haven't, but I've dreamed of those moments. Can I live vicariously through you, Ricky? Because I'm it's assuming you've done it. A very good feeling. Like that card feels so unbelievably good in any burn matchup. True. True. It costs us care. three cards to do it, but yeah. Oh, who cares? Who cares? Like, bye-bye Boros Charm, goodbye Eidolon, and I'll gain two life. Yeah, because at the same time, we're, we're losing two cards, but we're feeding Crocs and we're putting Quake Breakers in the yard. Oh, very yeah. true. No, very Even true. better if you get to discard cards that are good in your graveyard. Yeah, the, the only... So, the one card I didn't fit in here, and I really kind of wanted to, but I'm playing it more in my other Giants builds, is... Unfortunately, Mutavault does not interact favorably with Quakebringer. It does not. I really wanted it to. Yeah, but like in decklist when I'm playing like Beatdown Giants, I'm still playing like two Mutavault because like Calamity Bearer, right? Like it's hitting for four still. But I, I, I that's the one downside with Quakebringer is we can't activate Mutavault in response to the ability because yeah, we don't get you don't have time. you don't have yeah you don't have a chance to activate it before the ability checks to see if you have a giant. Right. That's it, it says this ability only triggers, right? Yeah. It, it specifically yeah. says this ability triggers only if you control another giant. If that clause wasn't there and it was just at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control a giant, right? But because it only triggers when you have a giant, you don't get the Mutavault play. Totally fair. All right, Chris, what you got? Um, I brought a list that I am excited to definitely play. I think this is a list that if I don't play this exact list... I'm going to play something very, very similar to it. I did include a cute combo in here just because it's so good. 
And especially, you know, we were talking about it in the Discord. How could I not? I have brought to you a mono blue tempo list. We're going to start this list off right. Okay. 20 snow-covered islands. If you're playing anything else, you're playing anything else wrong with this list. Um, But actually, it is relevant because we are going to play the new Kaltheim card, Ascendant Spirit. I had to look up the name for this card a million times because I was trying to, like, Ascended, Ascend, what did I call it before as well? You you sent it to me as Ancestral Spirit. Ancestral Spirit, yeah, a bunch of different names. But Ascendant Spirit is the name for this card. And for uh, one mana, we get a 1-1. But for double snow, it's a um, figure of destiny type effect for blue. So for double snow, it becomes a two, three spirit warrior, which is fine. Um, the big thing is at three and four at three, we put a flying counter on it. It becomes a four, four. So that's pretty cool because the flying counter is nifty. It's not the best thing, but the, the counter does make a difference. It being um, a flying counter means we don't die to heartless act. Sure. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, we're dying to fatal push anyway, but that's okay. So, so are most of the cards in this deck. And then for four mana, um, it be, you get a plus one, plus one counter, and it gets whenever this uh, creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And the huge deal, the reason I like this, is this is the exact deck that wants to, you know, hey, are you doing something on your turn that I don't have to interact with? Great, now I'm putting the mana into my Ascended Spirit. You know, we've we frequently are, are trying to play spells, counter spells, when our opponents turn in the Mono Blue Tempo deck, and this is the perfect way to invest that when we when we have extra mana so we start there we're going to play the usual suspects four spectral sailor four siren Stormcaller, four ninja of the deep hours and three master of waves uh, you might the be people saying home, can, can you say <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh for those of you saying ninja of the deep hours is not uh pioneer legal you're wrong it's just called uh sea uh, dasher octopus in pioneer uh and that's our creature suite the Master of Waves, I've upped the count from what these decks typically play. Again, if I was playing this in, like, Historic, I don't think Master of Waves is legal there, right? Right. It's, it's not. not one of the sets, so, you know, it may be even better because I'm, I'm not trying to force the cute combo because instead you could just play the uh, the three-mana zero four that got flying and gets plus one, plus zero for each of your islands, um, or even not that. But Master of Waves is too cute with the uh, new card Mystic Reflection. Yep. Is that what this card's called? Yeah, so we're going to play um, four copies of that for now. What did you and, What did you cut for that? Because it's not in the list. That you un, sent unsubstantiate. Me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going to play four Mystic Reflection, and then that's going to let us make, obviously, a million tokens with our Master of Waves. If you want to see the math on that, go check out our Discord. There's a bunch of you know, little graphics about it out there, but essentially the tokens that come into play from master of waves, if we respond to the trigger, will all come into play as copies of master of waves and then make tokens from there. So you need, I think two devotion to blue before it comes in to make like 80 something power. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to play some, you know, typical counter spells, three essence capture, which is the double blue that counters a creature and puts a plus one plus one counter on one of our guys for lofty denial. Um, all of our creatures that I put in here, fly except for of master waves and ascendant spirit initially ninja of the deep hours is pretty much always going to be mutated so basically we've got enough stuff you know 12 flyers um, you know with a little bit of work to make that card work lost your nails are super good four ops and a couple spell pierces we're going to round it off with four curious obsession because that card is just obviously insane and and one of the staples of this deck also so this is a deck that i think is really going to do you know pretty decently if you want to play this fun combo and even if you're not, I think just adding Ascendant Spirit into the list overall would make sense if you want to cut the Q combo. For sure. I like this deck. I mean, I think that Ascendant Spirit is good. We played with it a lot during the streaming event mm-hmm. in Standard, and it was uh, overperforming for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, I like mono blue always. How much does the deck cost? Um, not a lot, but I honestly didn't run the numbers on it. It would really just depend on, you know, according I know Master this, of Waves is... Uh, according not to this, it says card. $43 tabletop, 10 tickets, MTGO. Uh, well, that's before... That's because Chris left unsubstantiated the decklist and not Mystic Reflection. Uh, I'm, I fixed it, so it has Mystic Reflection now, and we're about $73 paper. Right, but also it gives $15 of those to Snow-Covered Islands. Are are those lands still that expensive? Uh, I don't know if they've adjusted yet. Okay. But what I'm saying is, the deck is cheap. Yeah, yeah, good, I, solid budget list. Uh, Mystic Reflection also works as removal for crazy stuff. You're probably not playing it on the front side of Uro, uh, just because you know whatever. But with if the opponent ever escapes Uro, you definitely probably want that to come into play. It's just a copy of Siren Storm Tamer instead. That's going to be a lot better for the U than than the permanent uh, the Uro effect. So. I think there's a lot of ways you can catch up on it's not expecting that and make it kind of a, a bad removal spell, but a removal spell nonetheless. But it is only 14 takes on Mitko, so... I do think also Bind to the Monster is a very good card that uh, may have gotten a little overlooked here. Don't get me wrong. Again, if you're not going to play Mystic Reflection, you can do it. I don't like it better than any of the other spells. Like I don't like it better than Curious Obsession, Essence Capture, Lossy Denial, or Opt. Um, and I definitely want a couple spell pairs. So I just, I, there's nothing that I want to cut for it. Um, but it definitely does add to the devotion count of Master of Waves. But, you know, if I think if you cut the Mystic Reflections, you could play it. But that's just obviously too fun to pass up for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Can you target your opponent's creatures? Can we make a bunch of Uros that immediately die? Um, I'm not sure that you can target your opponent. I guess I'll look it up. Um, I know you can make your opponent's creatures come into play as that, but I never, I never figured out if you could actually uh, Mystic Reflection. Do, 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 do. Oh, she's target. Oh, non-legendary. We can't target Uro. Damn. Yeah, you can't. You can't target legendary creatures. That was the big deal of it, which makes sense because then it would just blow up a bunch of stuff. Uh, that might be a little too good, but still, right? Like we can target their legendary and make it just a token or something like that, which I think is uh, pretty pretty nifty. Right, right. We can target our token, and their legendary will come into play as a copy of. Right, right. It also looks like planeswalkers. So if they randomly like just shove Ugin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the huge one. Again, like that card is this card is better as a removal spell than I think people give it credit for. It's obviously not amazing, but it's definitely something. And then one thing I like about that is that you know if it copies one of our creatures, a lot of our creatures are going to be better than their face value because they're actually going to be a ninja of the deep hours or AKA C dash octopus or have a, a curious obsession on them. So our creatures are just going to naturally be a little bit bigger because we've got ways to buff them and they just copy the base value of that. So I do think they get the copy of Ascendant Spirit. Sadly, you probably don't want to target that one, but you know, copying a, uh, you know, a Siren Storm Tamer, for example, would be fine. But if we give them an Ascendant Spirit, what if they don't have snow mana? Well, the thing is, I think if it's leveled up, then they get the copy of the leveled up thing. No, they don't. They don't get the copy of the leveled up thing? Uh, no, because it's a level counter, level. right? If you clone something, you don't get its counters, too. It puts a flying counter on it. No, but I mean, it says it, it, says it becomes something. Sure. Well, it'll, it would get, like, if it's leveled up, it would get, like, the difference in base power and toughness, but it wouldn't get, like, the flying counter. No, no, it's not going to get the flying counter, but if you make it a 2-3, as far as I know, it, beca- it becomes the 2-3, because, you know, it's a 2-3 base now, so, like... Yeah, but I just, I think Siren, Star, Siren Storm Tamer is the wrong thing to give them, because then they could just sack it immediately. I mean, that assumes they have blue mana. Sure. I mean, again, I mean, we're not trying to argue with you about, I'm not trying to argue, sit here and argue with you about using Mystic Reflection as a, as a removal spell. Sure, sure. Also, yeah, always just... remember, you can level down your creature. 
Oh, that's true. <laughs> old figure of destiny trick. If like yeah. you were getting your figure taken or something, right? Uh, you just activate the one man ability and turn it into a two two again. Yeah, true. I mean, if it's a base ascendant spirit, I mean, are they going to have the snow mana for it? That's what's interesting, right? Like then, then you're yeah. rather give them that one because that's that's interesting. It's just it's more the leveled up one that I just want to caution. They should about. because they should have listened to us and thrown all their basic lands into the trash. Right, right true. But there's a lot of play- decks not even playing basic lands. So yeah, I hear you. All right, are we ready to move on to the two deck lists I have from the first Pioneers? Let's look at them. All right, cool. So I got one deck list from Kevin, and I got one deck list from Ryan. We're going to start with Ryan's deck list uh, because it's a deck list that I actually helped them work on a bit. Sure. Um, this, is, this is, of course, Red White Dwarves, which I'm, I'm sure you're wondering, hey, Ruckman, why don't you talk about Dwarves? Well, that's because we're going to talk about it right here uh, from Ryan of the First Pioneers. Their deck list features four Staunch Shieldmate, four Toolcraft Exemplar, four Magna Brazen Outlaw, seven Seven Dwarves, four Veteran Motors, three Apollo Pilot Exemplar. Excuse me. One Glorybringer, one Tear of Mount Velis, which is, for those that don't know, the dragon that went out of the battlefield creature control game double strike until the turn. Three Heart of Kirin, one Sky Sovereign Console Flagship, one Vanquisher's Banner, one Ember Cleave, one Obelisk of Erd, three Conclave Tribunal, four Battlefield Forge, four Inspiring Vantage, two Mountain, two Mutavault, two Neil Verge Pathway, two Plains, and four Sacred Foundry. And they kind of have a little bit of a toolbox sideboard here. Of course, our decklist didn't have sideboards. Uh, they have one Graft Digger's Cage, two Soul Guy Lantern, one Dampening Sphere, two Hilliard's Intervention, one Return to the Ranks, one Throne of the God Pharaoh, two Faragons Warden, one God Pharaoh Statue, one the Immortal Sun, one Dragonlord Tarka, one God Pharaoh's Gift, one Meteor Golem. So they can sort of side into various artifacts as the matchup needs. And you can tutor those out with Magda, which I think is really nice. So yeah, that's the deck list. Again, um, we we were kind of going back and forth about sort of the numbers of our tutor package, really. Um, I definitely like Goldspan Dragon. I think Goldspan Dragon is a better priority pick over Glorybringer, right. just because Goldspan Dragon starts immediately re-adding to your treasure count when you sure. tutor it up. Um, I think Vanquisher's Banner was a good include. That was kind of one of the late cards we thought about. Uh, I think the Immortal Sun could be brought in from the sideboard to be a main board card because there are so many Planeswalker decks running around, and I think it's actually pretty easy to be able to get a Magda out early enough that you can go tutor up uh, Immortal Sun against Monogreen Planeswalkers before they can really impact impact against you in a meaningful way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, like yeah. it might be worth it just as a way to hedge against that because so many Planeswalkers. Yeah. Um, this list is one that I think is is tough to be too critical of just because it's going to depend on like what you're playing is, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're playing it's a little planeswalkers, boom, that immortal sun's come into the main deck. Like because you get that tutor, you really get a chance to personalize this deck the way that you want. Um so I, I don't think there's too much to really dig into uh for for changes other than I really like the pick of Terror of Mount Velis. Yeah, Terra Ter- Ter- is one. a very good pick here. Um, I know we were talking, uh, like, sorry, like Terror of the Peaks, but I think Terra just double-striking your board is a little better. Uh, I'm personally, I'm not in on the full 7-7 seven, seven Dwarves, um, and we're both kind of just sitting here waiting for Forgotten Realms to see if we get uh, some some good new Dwarves to add to this deck list, because let me tell you, Stunt Shieldmate does not carry enough weight. <laughs> yeah, that Sans Shield made us one of those things where you're like, oh, but hey, we're going in on the Magdi. So I think this is a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah. Another another card just to sort of, I think, hedge against the weakness in the deck. So 
Conclave Tribunal here with Convoke Right lets us tap our dwarves to save them from Magna without having to attack. Right. Yeah. Uh, but one of my problems with the deck list is what happens if we have all of these artifacts stranded in our hand? Yeah. I like playing something like a Fire Prophecy instead. That way we can put the 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 tutor payoff payoff back into the library. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's... like if you have five treasure, you can just cast the card, right? Sure, but yeah. also you know, but I, you don't I, want to use your treasure for that, though. Sure, sure, sure. I get that. I get that. Um, the one big change I see here that we need to make, right? Oh, okay. And I really think it's a pretty critical error on uh, on everyone's part here. Us. Uh, the, oh, are there no snow-covered basics? Those mountains and those plains, what are those doing in here? Those aren't <laughs> cards we play anymore. Snow-covered mountains, snow-covered plains. So far, Chris plains. has been the only person to pass the snow-covered test. It's true. Yes. I didn't even send you snow-covered forest, but I was in a I bind. I didn't do it either. I was in a bind. I was a little... Yeah, that's know. fair. But, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, you want those snow-covered mountains, those snow-covered plains. What if Chris uses Mr. Reflection... To give you a copy of Ascended Spirit. Yeah. But then I can't do anything. You're going to be sorry, man. That's for sure. When you have snow-covered lands. I'll feel a fool then. That Terror of Mount Velos is actually a 1-1 Ascended Spirit. You didn't know it. Oh, no. I was hiding there the whole time. I've met my ruin. (laughs) So Um, that's the only change I can see, really. Uh, Seven and Seven Dwarves is a lot. Stanch Shieldmate is a necessary include, but it is... uh, Look, I, I I want another one drop dwarf so we can have twelve one drops to lead into magna because my ideal curve is one drop double one drop magna right. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll take a just one good one drop dwarf just so we stop having to play this one three. I like yeah, this deck because of all the crew three cards in it. There are a yeah. lot of crew three cards. Uh, I also would like to just simply muse uh, with the audience uh, back from my Kaladesh limited days. Why does Veteran Motorist scry me too? Doesn't this card do enough? It's a 3-1 for 2 mana, and it Wait, anthems when we crew. Wait, don't, don't, don't complain about the Boros card. We, we need some good white cards, okay? I, 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 I get <laughs> it, but I'm just... I, this, card, this card always bothered me when drafting, like when my opponent would play it, and then they'd scry two cards. And I'm just well, like, you see, you're scrying because he has the experience to know, to think ahead. He already knows the curves of the track. He knows the lines to hit. See, he knows where he parked his car. Exactly, and he's clicking the little beeper thing in the parking lot, and that's what the scry two is about. Yeah, look, he got to the he got to the amusement park, and he's like E seven. Got it. I know where we're at. He yeah, doesn't even Bugs, need that. He Bugs just looks Bunny at the stars. Six. He just mm-hmm. looks at the stars and uses an astrolabe to navigate his way back to his car. He doesn't need your stupid letter numbers. No, we don't. System. We don't talk about astrolabes around here. We we dodged a bullet without that reprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, luckily Arkham's not in Caldheim. Uh, <laughs> in Caldheim. Every time you they, try they, to say the name of the set, you have to stop yourself to, from saying Cal, Kaladesh. Kaladesh, yeah. yeah. And then you, you mix them, and then you start saying, like, uh, uh, Kalaheim or uh, Kaladesh, and you're just like, what are Kalaheim, ways? isn't that where the Mighty Ducks play? I think that is, in fact, where the Mighty <laughs> Ducks play. <laughs> All right, let's move. Anything else on uh, Kevin's Dwarf deck here? Or, sorry, uh, Ryan's Dwarf deck here? No, I think Kevin's deck is much more interesting to me. All right, let's talk about Kevin's deck then. Kevin sent us Mystic Reflection combo. Also, I want to say I feel bad because they sent us like 10 deck lists and I was having a couple of deck lists while we were doing the early access stream. So I only sent them four, but I put my heart and soul in those four deck lists. Also, one of them was Chris's Lightning Storm. It was uh, the, the um, Thousand Year Storm. Yeah, 
Yeah, don't give it to that. So, That's, I, I made a mistake of sending that to uh, to people who were not born in the 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 thousand year storm. I think I was telling Ricky and and Ruckman earlier. Uh, it's kind of unfair because I have probably played more thousand year storm than anybody else on the planet Earth. <laughs> I've just played so much of that card that like I send somebody to Nicholas and I'm like, oh, and I forget they don't have all the experience <laughs> that I have playing the deck to understand what it does and why it Chris, works the way it does. Chris, Chris showed up. We were, we were talking about what deck list to play for the Axis, and Chris is like. Are we are we playing historic? Yeah. I, I, I wanna I wanna play Thousand Year Storm. And I'm like, well, I wasn't planning on playing historic, but if Thousand Year Storm is the only deck you want to play, we'll allow it. Yeah, I was it when I think of like the most fun I can have, it's it's Thousand Year Storm typically. <laughs> Just so what you did did, did the like five minutes of playing Thousand Year Storm make up for the thirty minute wait time we had getting into a, a historic game during Yeah, we, we stopped pretty quick. I wanted to play more, but like playing that historic and playing the same people over and over again was just like, okay, clearly this is not happening. I, I felt bad for the people who really wanted to stream historic for the event because it was just like, can we like organize an hour where everyone just plays historic? Yeah. No, no, we could not. <laughs> no, no, we could not. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ricky, why don't you break down Kevin's decklist for us? So this is Mystic Reflection Combo. Um, we're, we get a Companion of Loris. That's gratis. That's on the house because we're only playing two drops. And we don't really have to try. Uh, so we have four Hunted Witness. Uh, one mana, one, one, when it dies. is a Doom, uh, Doom Traveler, but it doesn't fly. It gets a lifelink token. Two, Minister of Inquiries, a card I am very familiar with. Played quite a bit. Uh, one blue, one, two, Vidalcan Advisor. Comes into play, you get two energy, and you can tap them and pay an energy to make somebody mill three cards. Very good. milling for- opponent? No, never. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. Okay. I've gotten All so right. many judge calls for this card where I play this card, my opponent reads it, and they go, okay. And the next turn I go, activate Minister of Inquiries, and they just immediately flip cards off the top of their deck. I'm like, wait, no. <laughs> I me. would never target you with this card. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Thought Scour. I, I can't remember. I played Thought Scour, and somebody read the card and then immediately just started putting cards off the top of their deck into the yard. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right, please. right. But uh, anyways... Uh, four Stitcher Supplier also feeds the yard. Very familiar with Stitcher Supplier. Three Cartel Aristocrat. Two drop lets us sack anything for free. Uh, we get protection of a color of our choice. Uh, that really doesn't matter. We just care about the free sack outlet normally. Mm-hmm. Four Corpse Knight. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life. Uh, fun fact, if you went to the pre-release of M20, you could have misprinted ones that say 2-3. This card is a 2-2, not a 2-3. Right. What if I have the two three versions? Uh, it is still a two two. But judge, the card says two three. Yeah, you can sorry. play it, commander. Fight me on Spanish Maloku. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four fiend artisan, which is a creature that's as big as the number of creatures in our yard plus one, and right. lets us sack a creature for any other creature. It lets us just like green sun, but better. Um, two Jace Vrin's prodigy, very expensive card. Now not as expensive. Uh, two mana looter. Turns into Jace. What more do you want? Mm-hmm. One Meyer Triton, uh, which is like Stitcher Surprise's little lord brother with Death Touch. Edge your little brother. Uh, four Priests of the Forgotten Gods, another classic. And then we have Mystic Reflection, Rally the Ancestors, Return to the Ranks, and Rise of the Dreadmaw. Return to the Ranks and Rally the Ancestors basically do the same thing. Uh, where we're going to return X creature cards with convertment cost two or less, or in Rally the Ancestors, all creature cards with convertment cost two and less. X or less, uh, but yeah. X or less. We're, we're going to cast for two. Surprise. Right. Maybe three if our Loris has died. Right. Uh, two, Rise of the Dread Marn. And this is a new card with Fertel. 
it makes zombies equal number of creatures that died this turn. So it's a good wrath proof. Or if we sack our whole board, we can get a new board. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just makes a bunch of tokens at one point in time, like at one in one go, which is what we're looking for here. Uh, and then lands, of course. Essentially, what we're trying to do is we are trying to set up a board where we have uh, Corpse Knight in play, and we are going to either bring back or create a bunch of creatures or tokens all at the same time, a la Rise of the Dreadmarn and sacking our entire board, or Return to the Ranks, or Rally the Ancestors. Uh, if we do that with Mystic Reflection, we can make everything that enters a copy of Corpse Knight, and then every cre- every opponent will lose life equal to the number of creatures that entered play times the number of creatures that entered play. Yep. And that generally wins the game. So if we had four Corpse Knights enter the battlefield, then we, our opponent will lose uh, one for the original, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they will lose uh, four life five times. That's 20. Heck yeah. That's that's dead to me. Yeah, and I, I only, I only got a public high school education more, in Texas, so don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's dead. Right, and normally that's good enough. We can always often do more. Thankfully, mm-hmm. um, I like this deck quite a bit. It's got a lot of interesting like wheel spinning to be doing with uh, cards like Fiend Artisan. I like a lot here. Uh, Priest of the Forgotten Gods and Jace also very strong. Uh, my only problem, in my opinion, is I. Th- think that i get where hunted witness is coming from right um but i think just playing two more minister of inquiries and two more mire triton would honestly just be better for the deck yeah i i, I agree with that I, I i think the the one mire triton here is kind of sitting out here kind of lonely i think we really want to be focusing more in on the fact that we have rally and return than try the rise of the dreadmaw i i get that but that requires a lot more setup right because we need mm-hmm. a Cartel Aristocrat and a Corpse Knight in play. And then we have to sack our whole board and we need to make at least four zombie tokens with Rise of the Dreadmarn. Sure. Or as opposed to Rally and Return, we just need to have a Corpse Knight in play cast our Rally and Return with our Mystic Reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if we just fill a big yard, if we just have eight creatures up to the battlefield and like three of them are Corpse Knights, our opponent's probably also dead. Yeah, yeah, so we're not as reliant on having the combo as more of the combo will just help us get there faster. Right, and like wanting to play Loris here, uh, I think makes this deck even, a little better even. I think it's better than trying to play like any any random three drops we could play in this deck. Like Will Strider. Uh, really, the thing I would think about wanting to play is uh, Mogus Marauder, so we could have just a like getcha way to win. Y- you know I love me some Mogus Marauder. Man, I've played a lot of Rally of the Ancestors when it yep. was good, when it was bad. Yeah, we, we. I was. Hey, don't leave me out of that conversation. I won't leave you out of that conversation. I remember opening booster packs of Fate Reforged <laughs> to try to pull Quasari Sadist because it was good in the burn we matchup. Opened, we opened like a box worth of packs. No, Quasari Sadist. I think I got and, one foil. Yeah, and then luckily at the event, someone was just like, oh, you mean this garbage? Yeah, that garbage. That's the one. I did so-so at that event. Uh, hey, you did better than me. The real tech, though, would have been the just 0-2 drop hat, hat, top hat draft. Right, for sure. I mean, I'll never forget definitely uh, an opponent uh, at States one year. At the end of my turn, tapping out for a dig-through time instead of delving his whole yard. Mm-hmm. And just getting to respond with like, okay, I'm going to rally the ancestors for five, 
And it's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, that means all four of my gray merchants come back into play and you die. Yeah. <laughs> well, we but, the big boy version. I, I, uh, I think we either need to get rid of the hundred bits or something. This, this is one of the greatest decks I've ever seen when it comes to colors. Um, but I, I like this a lot. I definitely think there's a world where, you know, in case it wasn't enough, you know, Mystic Reflection casts for a blue. So, you know, if we've got five, we can do our rally plus our one blue and, and copy whatever we want to copy and, and get people. It this may just be better if we don't deck. have the... What's that? It's just a three-color deck. Um, yeah, I mean, Fiend Artisan, we're not casting for green, right? So, like, we have to have double black. We also needed white on turn one. We needed uh, uh, well, two white cut. by the fourth turn also. And we also need some blue in there somewhere for either Ministry of Requiem or something. So the the uh, you're not going to give it to me on this deck. It's not one of the most color intensive things that, that I've mean, seen. Which I, is why. I, I, I feel you for sure. But I mean, have you seen my dredge list? Sure. I mean, I, I think if the mana base was a little different, we would definitely be there. I think one Arberg definitely goes a long way. Uh, but for that reason, I actually wanted to um, I wanted to cut Fienarsen. I've been underwhelmed with that card since it came out. It's fine. I thought it was going to be better. I definitely was higher on this card, but it's just never done enough for me. Uh, maybe you need it here to try and get since you're, you know, you're all in on the corpse night, but I, I really just don't like the double black. Uh, I think we can cut down to like two. I think you still want to well, play a couple just to co- tutor up the corpse night. I but also Fiend at the end Artisan. of the day, it's just going to be a big beater, right? I love Fiend Artisan. Fiend Artisan. It can be. I'm going to say 10 out of 10. We need to keep all four here. I, I could like, be wrong on it. Like I, that's not something that I'm the, I hit a little to die on, but it's certainly one that I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as, as people tend to think that it is uh, myself included when it came out. I mean, I just, it, it doesn't, uh, right. I'd much rather be casting a lot of other random stuff. And it definitely feels like we need more Meyer Tritons to make our, our deck work. But I love this idea. You know, this is a I way to kind like of just like, is- hey, here's a backup to, to rally. Mostly just white, black. We only need blue for Jace and for Mystic Reflection. And Minister. Yeah. So, like, really, I mean, we can... This list, you know, it's playing... I, I don't like Glacial Fortress, because I think we live in a world where we can just play, like, four Godless and, like, uh, four Watery Grave, of course, and four Hallowed Fountain, and then we can just play, like, the four Concealed Courtyard, and then, like, some of the Mana Confluence and Pain Lands. I know it sounds, like, bad that we're taking all this pain, but, like, we're going to be looking to win on, like, turn four, turn five. No, for sure. And, like, that's my point is you, you have to have the plain lands because, again, I'm telling telling everybody from experience, it's it's hard to get this mana combination in the exact way that you want, especially in Pioneer. Like, in Modern, sure, no problem. We can play five colors, fetch everything, no issues. But without fetches, this this becomes a lot harder to pull off three mana combo decks. Or three color, I mean. Right. All right. Well, thank you to Kevin and Ryan of the First Pioneers. Be sure to check their podcasts out. They are on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much where you find our podcast, you can find theirs as well. So go ahead and, uh, you know, check them out, especially go watch out their listen to their episode that came out on Monday, which includes our deck list that we sent to them. If you want to hear about Chris's thousand years storm or my team or giants list, I'll leave the two other deck lists to be a mystery for you, but I think, uh, they're pretty exciting. So be sure to go listen to that episode and at least, uh, check out those deck lists that we sent them. Do they have a there third person? No, they have, See? they have guests a lot though. All right, well, I, I challenge them to recruit a third person so we can uh, battle in some webcam pioneer against oh, them. Oh, just to t- team pioneer? To team pioneer, yeah. Okay, Unified right. team pioneer. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we can see if we can make that happen at some point. All right, so we've talked about our deck list. We've talked about first pioneer deck list. Chris, hit us with that dozen slap. Um, what do I want to do today? No, guys, we'll just go straight with it. 
Um, friends, loyal podcast listeners, today I ask you, does it slap? All right, we have a deck from Bridger Smith on the Discord. We have Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's right, we got some Gugari Rock here. Uh, the deck list starts with three copies of Pains here, three copies of Scavenging Ooze, three copies of Murderous Rider, four Sarulf Realm Eater, three copies of Tireless Tracker, two Liliana Waker of the Dead, two Blood Chiefsters, four Fatal Push, three Thought Seize, three Abrupt Decay, two Assassin's Trophy, three Collective Brutality, two Soul Guy Lantern, four Blooming Marsh, one Castle Lockthwain, four Dark Boar Pathway, four Lantwar Wastes, four Overgrown, two One Skemphar Elder Hall, two Snow Covered Forests, two Snow Covered Swamp, one Woodland Cemetery. Already 10 out of 10 slap rating. We got the snow covered in here. That's all we need to say. Yep, Shut it down. Land. Shut there it down. We We're done. That's it. Podcast That's perfect. over. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love it. Uh, sideboard here, three Duress, one Graft Digger's Cage, one Soul Guide Lantern, two Frexy Revoker, two Course of Crucifix, one Liliana the Last Hope, one Tireless Tracker, three Shifting Ceratops. Gentlemen, deck solid, but I think I think we do some upgrading. Anyone anyone got some thoughts? I got some thoughts. I've got I've got several several changes to make here, but I think I like, uh, at the base here, I think we're solid. I like a lot of this deck. Mm-hmm. I yep. have two cards that I don't like. Okay. I don't like Pain Seer. Yep, that's a card I'm willing to cut. I, I've tried. Yeah, yeah. I've played every bad Bob that Wizards has tried to give me. I've been there. Greatness at any cost, and I want to live that again. And I'm, I'm I wish Painseer was the truth, and I don't feel like it is. I don't know what fits in this slot. Maybe like uh, I think actually, uh, Grim, what's his face, the two Grim Flayer, Grim Flayer, Grim Flayer might be the best pseudo Bob we've like ever had. Uh-huh. And then I've got a problem with Sarulf. Oh, okay. That's the card I don't have a problem with. So I think the count's too high, but I don't have a problem with Sarulf. I misread this card a bunch. I thought he ticked up every upkeep. Nope. Um, I think that this card is going to be a good card. I don't think the card's a bad card. I think this is a modern card because he triggers off fetch lands. And he doesn't trigger mm-hmm. off fetch lands in this format because there's only one. <laughs> sure. But... I've played it in limited and I've messed around with it a little bit and I've not been impressed. Maybe I'm wrong here. It's a new card. It hasn't, you know, I still haven't finished reading it yet. Right. Uh, clearly. Uh, but I don't like Solrolf. Solrolf and Painseer. But other than that, I love this whole deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cards I'm not liking, I agree. I, I still like playing Solrolf. I think we play Solrolf as a two or a three of. I think having like the big folks on Solrolf really pushes us into way more removal spells than I would comfortably play. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, because like the 17, because this is like 14 removal spells here. That, that feels like a lot. Like we can do a lot of damage with just like two abrupt decays and like a split of fatal pushes, right? Um, that way we can like up our thoughts, seize count. I like main boarding things like the Soul Guy Lantern, the Scavenging Oozes. I'm with Ricky on the Pain Seers. Um, I think Liliana, Waker of the Dead, should be Liliana the Last Hope. Yeah, I don't I don't like this uh, Liliana. 
Um, I think true. what we need here is we adjust some of the rule spell numbers, that maybe the Sarwolf count a little bit, replace those Lianas with the Lianas of the Last Hope, the sideboard. I like not playing Course of Crucifix. I think a lot of the time Course of Crucifix actually ends up being a mid-range trap at the moment. For Pioneer, I think we want some ma- some form of like some number of mana dorks, either four or eight mana dorks. I think we want to be playing some like Elder Gar- Gargaroths and then maybe like a couple Questing Beasts. Just get a little more mid-range power in the deck list. And also, you know, Elder Gargaroths is going to draw some cards. I think, I just think that we we drop the Sarlf count to like two or three, lose some of the rule spells, lose the Pain Seer, switch the Lilies to Last Hope, put in some number of Elder Gargaroth, Questing Beasts, and a few mana dorks, and I think we're good. That's a that's a lot of stuff. I mean, um, fitting in the mana dorks might be tough, but I, I wouldn't mind doing it. The only thing I don't like is like Sir Rolf. I think does require a special kind of deck, and I'm not sure that that deck is a one that that wants mana dorks. But if we cut them for sure, but we I don't, like we don't have to play. We don't have to play the mana dorks. But I'm still saying yeah. I definitely think we want Elder Gargaroths in here. Yeah, well, I think I, Gargaroth I, is a big card to not be playing. Yeah, I think um, I think I was getting to the the other changes that you were going to take because I, I think the rest of them make a lot of sense to me. Um, I mm-hmm. do, you know, I like Pain Seer, but like we said, I th- we've tried cards like this a bunch, and they're just they're just typically not. If quite we're there. gonna pay, play a card like this, maybe Glensleeve Siphoner. Yeah, I, I think Siphoner is the best one they've done, just because the Manache keeps it alive longer. Yeah, uh, there's just there's so many powerful creatures these days in particular that you know it's it's tough to make that happen. I like the change of Liliana. Um, I wouldn't mind, especially to make it a little more budget-friendly. Typically, obviously, I love this. You would never hear me say this again, but we might not need Thoughtseize. Uh, as much as I like it, I'm not sure that it fits the theme of our deck, and if we're just trying to be a fun Sorrow deck, you know, I don't think we need it. Because, again, I think you're going to need those slots for other cards, either creatures or different kinds of removal. Um, and same thing with maybe Collective Brutality. But I do like the uh, Abrupticay and Asceptostrophe effects, because obviously we want to be trying killing a our opponent's permanence if we're trying to make a Sarolf deck, which makes sense. I, I don't think we're more so a Sarolf deck. I think we're trying to be a rock deck and they really like Sarolf. Sure. And I, I mean, think you, I don't, I don't think you can play rock without Thoughtseize. I'm down with you to cut collective brutality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, however you want to look at it again, I'm just, I was reading the thing and it says that hey, we want to get out Sarolf, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean Sarolf is the whole plan, but I don't want to cut Sarolf if it's like the new card they're trying to put in here, right? Like that would yeah. be better. But but for sure, you know, leave it in there if you want. Like, right? Like it's just it's a way to make the deck. A I just more think budget. also playing four of a legendary is never, in my opinion, like something we definitely want to be doing. Unless that legendary is like winning you the game, right? Like I, I can see yeah. it with Uro. I, I'm with you. I don't I don't necessarily like it on Sarolf. But like overall I really like this deck. I'm a little concerned that the trialist the tireless tracker tokens will get removed by Sarolf also. So like that's a card I'd I'd be fine upgrading into the Elder Gargaroth type thing. Um, those are just mm-hmm. all things you want to keep track of, and it's like, are you fine with blowing these things up? And if you're I not, can, getting your I can off. tell you, Brigger is a very big fan of Tireless Tracker, so I think you're gonna be hard pressed to have them not play this. Hey, that's totally fair. These are just my suggestions because you know, sure. I, I think uh, like we've all kind of wanted the the rock to come back in some way. You know, it's, I think it's we're just deck- gonna have to wait till Uro gets banned. Yeah, I think very, that, very true. I think the pain seer for Grimflare, and then we play some Skyclave Shade over Seralf. And I think we got a we got a, we got a stew going here. I like Liliana Waker of the Dead. Uh, it's like definitely like got me quite a few times in like historic and in standard. And I think the card is very strong. Sure. Um, it can definitely, especially when you're playing cards like Grim Flare and uh, Skyclave Shade. We're just like sure I'll discard my Skyclave Shade. 
Yeah, case, just speed right? stuff that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's another way to take it. Totally, totally fine another way to take it. So there we go. If we're playing Grim Flare, though, do we need to fit put a few more artifacts main board? We got Soul Guide Lantern. Um, maybe like we don't play Grim Flare, but like we definitely play Skycliff Shade in this deck. I think it's really good. Sure. Because we're already wanting to play our lands with Tireless Tracker and stuff like that. So, what if we play like add like two like Scrap You Scrounge with the list that'll give us like an artifact as well? Oh, Ooh, okay. I that's like that cool too. Yeah, that's a fun way to take that to to get something going with our Grim Flare for sure. Yeah. I also like Skemfar Elderhall. That card is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just as a land that just like randomly kills a creature and then also gives us two one ones. Yeah. I think in the like, because I, I like a lot of the uncommon lands and I think Elderhall is one of the ones that kind of gets forgotten about in the, when I'm immediately thinking of some of the good ones, right? Yeah. But I do think Elderhall is very good. Is still is still good. Yeah, totally fair. Any other thoughts on this? No, I'm ready to rate it. All right, um, you guys go first. Uh, I'm going to give this a... Uh, oh, hold on. Pause, please. Or Ricky, go. Uh, I'm going to give this a four toughness to Shifting Ceratops five power. Because I hate okay. Shifting Ceratops as a card. I am going to give this a 13 out of the total 16 championships. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has won with the WWE. Uh, I, there you go. I see 17 on the list that I was also Googling the same thing at the same time. <laughs> uh, it says 16, unless they're also counting him being a triple crown champion in that list. Um, well, I don't know. I'm going to defer to, defer to you on, on that one for that. Um, I am going to give this a, um, I don't know, like, We'll say a seven out of ten plus one plus one counters we're going to be putting on our Sorol. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, no, because he okay, it is seventeen. Because here this says seventeen, this says sixteen. Interesting. Okay, whatever. You you get the idea. <laughs> I'm going to give this the eighty seven percent approval rating that Jumanji with Dwayne Johnson uh, <laughs> got on Rotten Tomatoes. There you go. There you go. Fantastic. Could couldn't have said it better myself. Good deck. Thank you for thank you for submitting it. <laughs> yeah, we're good. All right. With that, gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining once again this week. And again, thank you to the first pioneers for agreeing to do the little bit of a deck swap. It was a little fun. Pretty fun. Uh, you, again, you can find us on Twitter at Crew Three Podcast. I run that stream a couple nights a week. Pioneer mostly at Crew Three Podcast on Twitch, or you can find us with weekly deck techs. Or now, actually, when this episode it, by the time this episode is out, you can go find our finalized Kaldheim top ten list. Over on YouTube, it's Crew Three. That's a YouTube uh, at Crew Three MTG on YouTube as well. Uh, gentlemen, what are your socials? Uh, you can find me at at wow at its underscore Christmas uh, on Twitter, and Christmas has no T. All right, uh, and also Steve on Twitter. All right, all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you for joining me, and listeners. As always, thank you for tuning in, and of course, thank you to our Patreon, patreoncom MTG for those wonderful supporters there. Also, uh, I'm going to kind of drop this here at the very end here. Um, the link will ho- – I will hopefully have a link by the time this goes live. Uh, but we, I am in the finalization process of setting up a little bit of a storefront on Inked, on Inked Gaming. So we'll be able to shop uh, for two initial playmat designs. I'm hopefully going to expand that out every now and then. Uh, one will be our – sort of that gray gradient with the, the Crew 3 logo. And the other one will be the uh, – Balanced cards don't buy snowboards playmat that we had designed. And I was, I got a couple test copies made up for me and the boys. They turned out great. So I thought, 
hey, you know, we've had a few people ask, so uh, we'll be sure to link that up when that goes live. There we go. Awesome, awesome. All right, we'll talk to you all guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.